That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Hello, I am Stephen Colbert. And I'm Andrew Dice. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute. It's a rewatch podcast where we watch Batman v Superman and then talk about it a minute at a time. We're 40 down, right? Yes, today is episode 40. Wow. Um, so we are really, really getting into the, the meat of the first part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, some might call it a, a milestone. Yeah, exactly. And um, it's a, like, what a great minute to put at, at minute 40. This is where I know we already kind of talked a lot about Perry in uh, in the last couple of minutes, but this is just like when people talk about Perry White in this movie, this is where all the gems come from. Yeah. Uh, from all of all of Perry's dialogue. I was very surprised to find, I guess we can talk about when we get into the minute, but I was surprised to find so many of my favorite lines came in, in like this next two minutes. Yeah. For some reason, I always kind of picture them trickled out throughout kind of the rest of the movie and and there's other ones you know sure. other places also but in this particular scene is yeah is, is a massive chunk of of his best lines in the movie um which just makes it you know very perfect for him why aren't we covering this poor people don't buy papers <laughs> people don't buy papers period ken perry when you assign a story you're making a choice about who matters and who's worth it good morning smallville the american conscience died with robert martin and john Sorry, sorry. I know we just talk, got done talking about how this is a, a Perry White minute, but structurally in terms of the plots that it services, I really liked how it serves the Clark plot and the Lois plot very well as yeah. well also. I mean, because Perry doesn't really have a, have a plot, but he, he kind of takes all of the... It's a, like a moment of levity for him where he's just... Fishburne is just doing his his thing. But then kind of interspersed with that, you have Clark's, why aren't we reporting this story? Mm. And then you have Lois running in with, oh, I've got this bullet. And then there, and then Perry is just kind of playing off of them with other breaking news, um, water, wet. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think I didn't realize, I think maybe it's just now that we're calling out how Lois and Clark's own storylines are like slowly beginning to build up steam. I was genuinely surprised this time at how elegantly... They both cross over in this scene. And like there there maybe aren't enough Lois and Clark scenes for some people, but it was cool that it was used in this. I guess you could say like they're both serving a hundred percent their own plot right now. And they yeah. are right. And I guess it's because it's in that prof like professional area, maybe just like the veneer of it made it seem like, oh, this would totally be how Lois and Clark, the reporters, would actually be working together. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's just it's a it's a classic newsroom minute, and they also um, they f really give like this is a, a type of plot that I don't think we would ever get in a previous Superman story about how papers aren't selling. What well, he says, what poor people don't buy papers anymore. He says nobody buys Beautiful. papers I, anymore. That was great, and and so and so he's not just talking about like flashy headlines and and whatnot, but he's literally talking about a, a very real thing, which is how print media or media in general um, is able to survive yeah. and the type of stuff they need to cover and the way they, they need to cover it in order to do so, which isn't really its own plot, but it's a, it's a sort of fundamental part of the movie about the evolving culture and adapting to a modern world and, um, and doing it in the face of, you know, modern marvels and, and what's the, the point of a quaint newspaper in, in today's yeah. day and age. And so it's kind of really cool to see that, 
really introduced as a, a strong subtext for Lois and Clark, who are you know both reporters. Especially when there is a there's a perception that the movie doesn't have enough Clark and it doesn't have enough Lois, or that like Lois's plot doesn't make sense and. And so it's hard to kind of approach the movie at, at all without kind of taking that into consideration. And I know that sure. we try to avoid making this too much of a relitigation or a, you know, well, people didn't get this and we do and we're explaining it now. But it's fascinating how they're, they're, th- those are two like prominent narratives. And then you get to moments like this where it's so strong, not just a character moment for Clark and a character moment for Lois and a moment for their relationship. But also, like you said, it serves Clark's plot about about caring for people and wanting to get to the bottom of the Gotham Bat situation and Lois coming in and her just always being on the move and, and having this bullet situation she's trying to get to the bottom of and kind of Perry trying to keep them both grounded and levity. Like all the things that people say aren't in this movie are 120% in this minute of the movie. Yeah. The, the presence in this, in this minute is it's full of the, of the levity and the, and the Lois and Clark moments that people want. And, and it, and it really sets the foundation, but kind of also expands those parts. I think there's a lot of really amazing things in here for a moment that I think is overshadowed by by Perry White's um, quotable <laughs> <Comedy> lines. styling, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I love how these scenes look. Uh, and I, that seems like such a silly thing because they're kind of like the most, uh, like, quote-unquote normal looking. But I like that it feels like this is not a superhero movie, if that makes sense. You know, this feels like this is a journalism movie. This is a mystery. This is – it feels closer to, like, all the president's men than even Man of Steel to me. And also, this is like one of our biggest doses of Clark's Clark voice. And why aren't we covering this story? (laughs) You included that in a clip in one of the earlier episodes, (laughs) and now I just, I can't unhear the way. Why aren't we covering this This story? story. (laughs) I know. And I think it's it's Henry Cavill trying to chew the American accent, but it's also the, I love the emphasis too. It's, it's great. I guess it kind of speaks to the, the dialogue and the way it's delivered. And the voice that Cavill chooses to do. But as soon as he starts saying this bad vigilante, I have the entire cadence and rhythm of everything that he says burned into my memory. Yeah. I I guess maybe that's just because I'm a weirdo in that way. But I also really dig it in he doesn't come off sounding um, as – I was going to say passionate, but I don't think of Superman as as particularly an outwardly passionate person. But the way that he says it as Clark, it is coming from like, this is a story, not I'm some bleeding heart. Well, and I also always thought there was an interesting element there of he's like, this guy is what I'm accused of being and people don't care. Why do they care about me being that way when I'm not actually that way? Yeah. And yet he is 100% that way and just – um. Why aren't we covering this story? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be your new ringtone. Yeah. Yeah, I think that we, we've we brushed on a lot of what Clark kind of talks to here. And we mentioned how him seeking out Kahina is, it's both Clark and Superman doing it. And it feels the same here, where this is him, like he's been told to care by Lois. And now he's looked at it and now he does care. Mm-hmm. These people who are being overlooked need to have their stories told. Like, these are criminals he's talking about, not innocent people. I don't think it ever really specifies, but I got the impression that he's the general assignment reporter, which means that he he generally just falls into the, like, junk other reporters won't do category, which is, like, not what a general assignment reporter is supposed to be, but it's functionally what they've become. Likely, there's there's nobody who whose beat is supposed to cover the Batman thing. He's like, that's perfect. That's, like, what I'm supposed to be doing. 
Like that's why my job exists is to pick is to fill in those gaps where like there's not somebody covering the Batman beat. And then I mean, Clark is or um or Perry is just wants him to to write about football and uh, and he's like look if I'm just gonna be doing the leftover assignments anyway why can't I why don't we cover this story the morality of it is rough because he says you know poor people don't buy papers and Perry basically says like yes you know you're right no one cares about this hey this is just the way the world is and it sucks. I'm an editor, mm-hmm. so I can't think about that. And then he backs it up by using like the three most extreme examples. You know, the American conscience died with Robert Martin and John, who I guess I never looked this up, but I'm assuming he means Robert Kennedy, Martin Luther King, and John F. Kennedy. I think so. That's been okay. the assumption that I've seen whenever people talk about that. The three most famous uh, martyrs of the time for um, civil rights. Yeah. Well, it's also like the end of a like the era that they all come from is like a, a seen as a more innocent maybe is the wrong word or um uh, an age of progress yeah exactly he's like that's in the that's you know that's gone that's in the yeah. past and that is uh that's i guess that ends it right yeah well i kind of get the feeling that like maybe that's a line that he has used on multiple other occasions like it almost feels like clark maybe has heard that before like perry just kind of has yeah. that robert martin and john thing in his back pocket like it's one of his favorite <laughs> yeah and you know what i i was struck watching it now because in the era of crowd-pleasing blockbusters this line does not make it into the movie no one would understand this if they're under 40 yeah and that that stands out as such a i like that this is that kind of movie where he's making a grand statement about what america is what America is and what America has lost, and it isn't spelled out for people. You know, if if you don't know what that is, look it up. Yeah, because it has meaning enough here to be mentioned, and it is. It's not just thrown around in casual conversation. Like it's the last thing he says before we switch. Yeah, well, and I and feel to, like to kind of put a button on it. Another movie, and I try to avoid throwing shade at the Marvel movies because not that's not the point. But like that's the kind of moment where I feel like in in a movie like that they would do a like find a way to include like an aside of exposition to explain what he means or refer to like Big Lebowski or the or after the scene Clark would would be like who Rob Martin and John and they'd be like oh there like <laughs> the other the other interesting bit in this we were talking about Lois's bullet plot is that she really spelled that people say what you know what was that about or where was that going what was the relevance of that and this is the scene where she doesn't just burst in with the bullet and say like this is a sort of a case i'm on but she sort of spells out the relevance of that opening a little bit yeah and and i know we talked about this back then when we covered that also but there the i think there's a lot of confusion that people think that the whole deal with that scene was that that's solely that's being blamed on Superman and not on like the political ramifications, but more on the, you know, is Superman a killer sort of question? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think that's what's really interesting about the light that this sheds is not only does it explain the bullet plot, but it explains why it's problematic for him to have been there. Yeah, the bullet isn't the story either, right? right? The United States is declared as neutrality both in... Exactly. Um, oh, what's the... What's the United States, Policy and principle? Yeah, exactly. The United States declared its... um neutrality in both policy and principle and then right here she says he says so so what when she explains prototype military rounds and perry's like so i don't care and she says i think the u.s government is arming the rebels uh, while claiming to support the elective government or elected government and that's that's huge and not just because that's a problem for the u.s to have been there but that reveals like she's also on the case to exonerate superman here and i think that's nothing that's ever explicitly spoken 
and she's going to be hot on that case regardless because that's who she is. She gets writer's block if she's not wearing a flak jacket. But <laughs> the notion that Superman is being hung out to dry for being somewhere he wasn't supposed to be when the reason he was there in the first place was because of the U.S. government is lying about their yeah. involvement in arming the rebels is a big deal as well. Yeah, and I guess if if we like – I guess people forget Lois, but if you assume this is her story, then this is this opens up all kinds of stuff like, you know, Amajog's words stuck with her. Yeah. You know, like they're echoing in her head as she's looking through all of this stuff and saying, I guess at this point we would assume because the bullets have never been seen, America doesn't want anyone to know that they're doing it. Like that is um like an extra active step of deception. Yeah. Or or um, you know, disguise. If it had been U.S. military rounds, that would have answered the the question. Yeah, or technology that they just don't have. I guess is enough of a, a you know a red flag for her. And that really takes us right up to the to the end of the minute. But obviously, very very packed with not only sort of metaphors for the the movie as a whole or the innocence ignorance not the same as innocence is a little bit at play here with the you know Robert Martin and John and the the state of media and Clark's drive to find Superman, Lois's drive to to get to the bottom of the bullet situation as well as sort of tying back into the question of the role that Superman is playing in this whole sort of political conundrum that everyone is yeah. in. If there's distance between seeing Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, Lois is easy to see as a gosh even a, a third level character in this plot, but Seeing that callback to her and Perry's relationship, yeah, we get more of it in this movie, a couple lines that stand out for me, but the idea that she could say, I want a couple days away to chase down the story, and he says, yes. You know, it, it kind of like implies a whole lot about her career. Well, and his trust in her, because like, yeah. Clark is saying, I need to go across the harbor to check out Batman, and he's like, no, football, and she's like, I found a bullet in the desert, and I want to find out if it ties to the US government, and he's like, fine, I'll book you a flight. <laughs> like, yeah. We don't pick winners for the minutes, but I think if we did, there's no question. This is even even the they've never seen anything like it. It's a bullet. You shoot people with them. Yeah, and, and that one always rings to me like he knows he's on a roll. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so tat 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 as he's going. Um, I we probably really just can't say enough about how much I love Lawrence Fishburne. It does seem like I'm so curious to know how many days he filmed for. But they're all winners every time he comes on screen. And that is a rare thing for a supporting character in one of these stories. Yeah, yeah. Well, he shines and it's in a way that elevates everyone else's story. And I guess as a sort of footnote to all of this, you were saying how much you liked the look of the newsroom and sort of the whole tone of all of this. And I can't help but mention that uh, to contrast it against the little look of the newsroom that we have in Justice League. And the way that not only the way that is colored, but like the quality of the dialogue in there that like here we've got the American conscience died with Robert Martin and John. And there you've got the first of all, the colors are nothing like this. And that's where you've got like the Clark was the thirstiest young man. Yeah. yeah. Or the young reporter. Um, and and also the anal probing. <sighs> um, so that is what it is. But but just to show kind of what this movie is doing versus like what the the like commercialized version of what people want from this kind of scene is is a kind of a crazy yeah. split and in addition to that even um even in just choosing the like thumbnail images for our episode artwork it makes me so much more aware of because people talk about these movies as if they are uh desaturated or i know larry fong loves when people use the term filters <laughs> like it's uh yeah. you load it up and then i don't know load into instagram and, and apply something to it but seeing how the saturation and the temperature 
is changed. I think temperature is a very key word when we're talking about the colors in this movie because desaturated sounds like I, I encourage if we don't use it for the episode artwork, I encourage everyone to go watch this minute um, if you're not already watching each minute along with us. And this shot of Clark right at the end of the minute where his face is half lit and it's glowing. It's like the warmest shot maybe in the whole movie. Um, that's probably hyperbole, but it's it's very, I don't know, it's it's striking. And it's it's not monotone but it but it is sliding into like yeah yeah i don't know how but it it conjures up memories of the paper well it feels like a new like a newspaper like a slightly yellowed kind of matte finish and there is and and all the president's men the same thing it has that kind of it has like a a late 70s color grading to it almost maybe that's what it is why i'm thinking of so many of those older movies is that it was not trying to recreate photorealistic colors yeah the shot in justice league is a a good comparison because i can picture the blue of her shirt and the red of her hair and the and the fluorescent lights i guess they technically are there's another i I like how you keep on comparing it to sort of an antiquated like all the president's men or like a 70s kind of era because we're talking about this is a, a scene of a newsroom and like this type of meeting doesn't happen as much as it you like like this type of moment where they're they're actually sort of breaking down the news and looking for what oh i can't believe we missed the um this is where clark says um the people that we um oh yeah say the, the, the st- what we choose to cover matters and that's so so huge and that feels like a like a antiquated you know and also we have the robert martin and john well it's kahina right like he has that wi- which lives count and which yeah. don't is he he seems to have completely accepted yeah. that now well and so yeah so not only with the tone of like the explicit dialogue but the way the scene is sort of shot and colored says this is we are talking about kind of old-fashioned principles here of what matters and what doesn't the clothing that perry wears and yeah. clark wears is not modern it's not meant to be contemporary obviously yeah and the fact that they are shuffling around papers even if you make this an accurate newsroom they probably all have laptops or tablets but that is not what the purpose of these details is meant to communicate. This feels like it has more – like maybe a good comparison is uh, the the um, Richard Donner Superman Daily Planet scenes, which is like a, almost a, a like a photocopy of All the President's Men. Or yeah. Well, in the next scene – or the next minute, I'll point out there again also, but there is a shot where he's the spitting image of Donner. Or of mm-hmm. um of Reeve. He turns to look over his shoulder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It it strikes me as having such a reverence for journalism that the this the image is almost mm-hmm. sepia toned <laughs> in, in how much reverence it yeah. has for this bygone era of newspaper journalism. Yeah. You shoot people with them. <laughs> yeah, and it's and I think it's a very under um underappreciated scene from that sense not only you know plot theme color every everything about this scene it kind of flies by and and like i said the things that people say aren't in this movie are you know it's it's they're in this minute Uh, i don't know if you have any any last thoughts i know we kind of hammered a lot of that away here i just really love that clark voice yeah (laughs) why aren't we covering this story this story The 
the red capes are coming. The red capes are coming. Hmm. One if I land. Hmm. Two if I air. Hmm.